Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. We'd like you to listen to the verse for our message today, and here it is. For thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Psalm 86 and verse 5. Now, isn't that a lovely verse? And here it is again. For thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Do you believe it? Or are you harboring some notion that God is not good? That God is somehow out to get you and to make your life miserable? or that God is reluctant to forgive you. If so, my friend, you need to change your mind about the God of the Bible. What does the verse say? It says that God is good. God is ready to forgive. God is plenteous in mercy. And so the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. As sinners, we have wrong thoughts about God, and the Bible says we are all actually enemies in our minds toward Him. We blame God for punishing sins. Well, at the same time, we would lash out of crimes we're not punished. Somebody else's, that is, and not ours. No, we have all sinned. We all deserve judgment, but God is good. He has devised a way that we don't have to pay personally for our sins, and it's all through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey looks at the God of the Bible, the one who is not only ready to forgive, not only willing to forgive, but is abundantly able to forgive guilty sinners. And the big question is this, are you ready to be forgiven? The Psalm of David, Psalm 86, we're just going to read one verse. It is verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Be wonderful if you were ready to be forgiven tonight. Thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. I love this verse. People have a lot of different thoughts about God. Sometimes people get angry at God. But this verse says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Have you been forgiven by God? June the 2nd in 1969. I was just starting my teenage years, and I was thinking about my sin. And that night, I discovered that 2,000 years ago, Christ died for my sins. My debt of sins and that night, I trusted Him as my Savior, and my sin debt was cleared off, forgiven. And I've been saved ever since. And once you're saved, you can never lose this wonderful salvation. Have you been forgiven? You know, there's three possible attitudes people can have towards forgiveness. I'm not going to forgive that person. They wronged me. 
They did it to me. I am not going to forgive them. Then they refuse to forgive. And maybe there's someone that's wronged you and you're refusing to forgive them. You're going to go to the grave with some gripe or some beef or someone has wronged you and you're going to harbor that resentment. That's your prerogative. That's your choice. You can. You can refuse to forgive. Many of us know what it's like to be reluctant to forgive. Reluctant. But what we read in this verse, you can be ready to forgive. And that's exactly the position that God is in this evening. He's ready to forgive you tonight. Not tomorrow night or the next night. He's ready. He says, Thou, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. It appeals to me this way, that God is just waiting there, waiting like this, to, to forgive. It would be nice if there was someone ready to accept God's forgiveness this evening. You say, well, it couldn't be that simple. I couldn't have my debt of sin forgiven, wiped off clean in God's records, could I? Tonight? What, isn't it a longer process than that? No. You could be forgiven. You could be saved tonight. It says, Thou, Lord, art good. I don't know what you think about God. Some people think they were at a raw deal in life and they have a lot of resentment towards God. But this verse says, God is good. You say, but how could God be good? How can you say God is good if people go to hell? What's so good about that? Think it through. God is good. Say you bought a new car and Adam down the street didn't like you having that new car. A little bit jealous and um, one night while you were sleeping and he came up and he get into your car and whatever he did with the wires, he got it going and he took that car out and he wrote it off. He wrecked it. Deliberately. Your brand new car. And it's Adam's day to go to court. And you're saying, I hope the judge throws a book at him. It was my car. He wrecked. And so the judge looks at all the evidence and the judge says, you're guilty. And I'm sentencing you to six months in jail. Six months in jail for wrecking my car? Wow, that's amazing. He had that coming to him. Was he a good judge or a bad judge? He says, good judge. He gave that fellow what he deserved. He was a good judge. Gave him six months and a stiff fine. He was a good judge. God is a good judge. And yes, there are people who will refuse the Lord Jesus Christ and they will end up in a lost eternity in hell. But God is good. God is good. He gives people, if that's their choice, if they're going to turn down the payment of sins that He made at Calvary, if that's their choice, He's a good God. He's a fair God. God is good. But He's not just a good God. God is a gracious God. There's a difference. God is gracious. He wants to give you, and He gave me already, what I never deserved. I didn't deserve to have my debt of sin canceled, written off, forgiven. I deserve to suffer for my sins. But God is not only a good God, He's a gracious God. And He wants to do something for you tonight that you don't deserve. He wants to forgive your sins. 
He wants your debt of sins to be paid off in full. God is good. God is gracious. And God is great in compassion and, and loving kindness. So I don't know what you think of God this evening. I'm sure you're not at this meeting tonight by chance or by coincidence. God's at work in your life. And have you ever thought, I need to be forgiven? I have sinned. And I don't know the extent of your sin and you don't know the extent of my sin. But I can tell you this, I needed to be forgiven. Whether it was this much in my case or this much for you or that much for you. If you've sinned, even one sin, against the holy God, you need to be forgiven or you'll never be in heaven. A couple of months ago, a few months ago now, I was in a, a maximum security prison visiting in the state of New York. And I waited in this big visiting, heavily guarded, the maximum security prison. And finally, this gentleman came out, heavily guarded. And he came and he sat at my table. And I started to talk to him. He has lung cancer. And if you look him up on Wikipedia, they're not sure how many people he's killed in his lifetime. He's a professional killer. He worked for the mafia in New York City. And Wikipedia will tell you that he killed in excess of 30 people that they know of. And he was the only man to have ever escaped from the Attica prison in New York. Only man in its history to have ever escaped. So now he's sitting across from me at the table. He's never going to be out. He has committed heinous crimes. I learned a couple of things from that. We often say, well, you know, you talk to someone and they say, well, the neighbor does a lot worse things than me. And you know, I had a great example of that. So I'm sitting with a professional killer. And he told me about another man that killed fewer people. And he said, oh, he is scum. When I first came here, I want to kill him. He was just going out shooting willy-nilly in the streets of New York. I was killing for a purpose. He was a scum killer. I was a professional killer. Well, isn't that something you can always find? Someone far worse than you. You can rationalize your crime. But you know what gave me great joy? There's a man without hope. Never be forgiven in the laws of America. And yet I was able to sit there and I used a little illustration. I said, if, if Bill Gates came to Fallsburg, New York and fell in love with the people of Fallsburg, New York, and he went to the little bank in Fallsburg, New York and said to the bank manager, you know, I just want to do some act of kindness for the people of Fallsburg. And I am, I don't know whether you know me, Mr. Manager, but I'm a multi-billionaire. And I am going to deposit billions in your bank. And I want you to take an ad out in the paper in Fallsburg. Everyone in Fallsburg can have their credit card debts and their bank loans paid off. All they need to do is come into the bank, show their identification, and show their credit card debt, and the bank manager will stamp it paid in full. It's available to all. And so, somebody goes in with their embarrassed, hanging their head in shame that they racked up such a visa debt and a MasterCard debt. And, and But they came with all the shame of not being able to control their expenses and their greed. But they come and they say, I'm ashamed of this debt. The bank manager says, look at paid in full. He goes out and says, I had it paid in full, my debt. Oh, I'm not going, that's, that's shameful, I'm not going to do it. Others might not believe it. A few go in, 
Who had their debt paid in full? Every single person who went in with their identification, this is me, I am responsible for these debts, and the bank managers didn't ask any more questions, paid in full, the money's in the account to cover. And he said, are you saying, are you saying that's what Jesus did? That he paid enough for all of us? But I have to come personally. I said, that's exactly what the Lord Jesus did. When Christ died on the cross, he died for all sins of all kinds, of all the ages and all people. Provision was fully made. You couldn't add a single thing to it. He paid for it all. And in June the 2nd, 1969, in my attic bedroom, I came with my debt of sin and with my ID and said, God, it's Peter Ramsey the sinner, and I have a debt I cannot pay, but I understand your son paid my sin's debt in full at Calvary. And that night I was saved. My sin's debt was forgiven. But I tried to explain to him this. You know, I was no more suited or qualified for acceptance by God than you are. Oh, he said, you didn't do the things I did. I said, I needed forgiveness with God as much as any other sinner needs forgiveness. And I said, it is no easier for God to forgive me than it is for him to forgive you. He didn't quite understand that. I said, regardless of the sin, wasn't easy. It took the blood of Jesus Christ for my sins and for yours. I had a nice little handwritten, great handwriter, great calligraphy. Wrote me a little card when I got home. Thanks for the visit. Thanks for the chat. He said, um, if you're ever down in my neck of the woods again, and if I'm still on the right side of the grass, you know what he meant? If I'm not six feet under, come in for a visit, I'm always home. Touching. Forgiveness is a sweet word. But what about you? Why wouldn't you want your sins forgiven? I don't know whether you appreciate it tonight or not. But you know, I'm hungry. I only had a little bit to eat at lunchtime. And so I just had a little bit of salad and just a, a teaspoon of potatoes. And I never had a chance to eat my supper. And I am hungry. And do you know what good, a nice, lovable word is for a hungry person? Food! I love it. And if someone is lost, do you know what a nice word is? Found. And if someone has cancer, you know what word they appreciate? A cure. And if someone is a hostage, you know what they love? Release. And if someone is a slave, freedom. And if you're groping around in the darkness, find light. What do you think would be a really special word if someone was guilty? Forgiven. Forgiven. And guilty sinners who are forgiven, they love the word. Forgiven. Forgiven by God. God is ready to forgive and He's just waiting. That's the thought there. He is just waiting to forgive. Now, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord, and people have heard about the coming of the Lord, and why hasn't He come? You know what the Bible says? In Second Peter 3 and 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise that He's coming again, as some people count slackness, but He is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish 
but that all should come to repentance. God is waiting to forgive. Just waiting. Jonah, I don't know whether you ever heard of the story of Jonah in Sunday school or in catechism in your earlier days, but you know, Jonah was supposed to go to a very wicked city. God wanted Jonah to take a special message to that city of repentance. Go tell those people, those wicked sinners to repent. Jonah didn't want to. He said, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve to get a message from God. But God said, I want you to go, Jonah. Go to Nineveh. But Jonah was thinking, these the Ninevites have been the most brutal people. They, they've been more brutal than any other people in history towards my family and my people. I don't want to go to Nineveh. You know, Jonah, he gets angry at God. And he accuses God. And I like what Jonah says. He says, you are a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger. I knew that. And of great kindness. Oh, wow. What a, what a thing. He was really giving God, he's dressing God down. He said, I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. Well, don't you appreciate this tonight? Jonah might have been annoyed with God for being merciful and gracious and slow to anger and of great kindness. But if you have come into the good of His forgiveness and have appreciated that Christ died for your sins, you wouldn't be pointing a finger at God in anger and saying, you're a gracious God and you're a merciful God and a God of great kindness. You'd be falling on your knees and saying, Thank you, Lord, for being so kind to a sinner like me. Thank you for loving me to the very death of the cross. Love that I can't even comprehend or understand. That's our God, the God of the Bible. God is just waiting to forgive. And God is happily willing to forgive. God would be happy tonight if there was just a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, you're recognized I have a sin debt. I am guilty. I did rack up that debt. I'm guilty, Lord. God is happily willing to forgive. There's no reluctance on God's part whatsoever. No reluctance. He is happily willing to forgive. No reluctance in His part to forgive. It's His desire to bless you and to forgive you. And He wants to welcome you into His family. I hope no one here is harboring a hard thought against God in heaven. This is the God of the Bible. The Bible tells us that He desires that all will be saved. Happily willing to forgive. You remember the disciple Peter? He was really trying to impress the Lord with His forgiving spirit. And he said, Lord, if, if, um, if someone has wronged you, like, how many times would it be reasonable to forgive somebody who keeps doing the same thing to you? Like, like, um, seven times, Lord? And then cut it off? What does the Lord Jesus say to Peter? He said, seventy times seven. Four hundred and ninety times. I think the Lord was trying to say to Peter, look it. There are no limits to my forgiveness in time. A person can blaspheme me. Someone can can say I don't exist. And they can say it 490 times or 4,900 4, times. I am happily willing to forgive. I have a somebody who texts me quite frequently and uh, sometimes it's in the middle of the night. He was brought up in a Christian home and he's a cocaine addict. He's not a, not a street addict. He has a very nice sports car. 
and he holds down a very good job, but he does cocaine every day. And usually at least one night a week, in the middle of the night, I'll get a text. And some of the texts are obviously under the influence, and they're filled with foul profanities, lashing out of God and saying, when I get my hands on you, God, I'll tell you what I'll do to you. And he's cursing God for being a cocaine addict, and he goes on and on, and he uses every foul word that you could ever imagine. And my wife says, delete that from your phone. And I said, I don't want to delete it. I said, it's somebody's life, and it's someone's condition they're in. And no matter what he says against God, there's a God in heaven who's waiting and willing to forgive and would love to bless with salvation. He just texted me a couple of nights ago. I was on my way home from Pennsylvania. And he said, Peter, I know you're probably sleeping. There were no swear words. He said, will you just pray for me? I don't know whether I'm ever going to make it through. Does God want to save you? Yes. And does God want to save you tonight? Yes. That's the God he is. He's happily willing to forgive. And one more thing, and with this I'll close. God alone, God alone is able to forgive. There's no one else that can look after your sins. You've acknowledged already, haven't you, in this meeting that as you're listening, I don't have anything I can pay God or offer to God to offset my sins. It's clear I have nothing. If I could pay something, if there was something that I could do to get rid of my sins, then the Lord Jesus dying on the cross was a waste of time. What was the Lord Jesus there for? Why did He die? He died for my sins because there was no other way for me to have forgiveness of sins. I had nothing to pay. God alone is able to forgive. You could talk to any one of us here tonight, and we could never forgive you. Somebody stole my Blackberry playbook the other weekend in Winnipeg at the airport. So say if they came into the Winnipeg airport and they told a security official, um, I, I, I took this. Um, do you think the security official could forgive that person? Oh, don't worry about it. I forgive you. No, it's my playbook. It's my Blackberry. The forgiveness has to come from the one who was offended or wronged. And our sins are against God. And forgiveness has to come from Him. Our God is good and He's ready to forgive. And He can forgive you completely and fully based on what Christ did 2,000 years ago on the cross. Paid for your sins dead and full. And tonight, our God is ready to forgive you. But maybe you aren't ready yet to be forgiven. Are you? Are you? He's ready. He's looked after it all 2,000 years ago. The problem is in your end. Yes, it's clear that we have nothing to pay for our sins, and we are totally unable to save ourselves, and it is God alone who is able to forgive. So how about it? Do you realize that you have a great debt of sin that needs forgiveness? Forgiveness that is totally necessary? If you are to escape God's wrath against sin, well, we hope that today's message will remain with you. And let's repeat the verse again. For thou, Lord, art good, and ready to forgive and plenteous of mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Won't you call upon him today? Trust Christ to bear the tremendous consequences of your sin and rejoice in the knowledge of sins forgiven. And when you have, thank him, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point 
has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.